Anyone ever watch Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares? That's that reality TV show with that potty mouth British chef who goes into failing restaurants and whips them into shape. There was a time many years ago when I was a wee bit addicted to it. I loved the restaurant makeovers the most. That's my fascination with interior decor coming out. So no wonder then that my favorite reality TV's home renovation shows. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you this is because one thing I learned about cooking from that show is the importance of preparation. They call it mise en place, which is basically French for to put in place. In cooking, it means that before you turn on the stove, you want to have everything cut, diced, peeled, grated, measured out in neat cups all before you start cooking. As someone who very rarely does those things when it comes to cooking at least, I frequently find myself in the position of getting to the point in the recipe where I need tomato paste and realizing that the old can I had in my fridge has been sitting there since 1997. Okay, maybe not quite that <laughs> long ago, but uh, it's too old to be used. So mise en place is important, but not just in cooking. And today we're going to talk about mise en place in writing copy. And because there's just so much to cover on this front, this is the first of a series of episodes on this subject. Stay tuned. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories. Write copy that feels good. It's the no-fluff copywriting podcast that teaches you to write copy you can feel good about and gets you more clients along the way. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and I'm here to give you a shot of masala for your writing, a way for business owners like you to write copy your way, in your voice, with practical writing tips you can put into action right away. Let's find your words together. A number of you have asked me, what the heck do you need to prep before you start writing copy? And boy, that is a complicated question with a bunch of answers because it really depends on what you're writing. Writing a quick post for LinkedIn will require a different level of prep and a different kind of prep than writing a sales page for your big upcoming launch. Now, I'm assuming that you are the business owner who wants to market your own product or service and not a professional copywriter being paid to do it for someone else. So, with that assumption in mind, you already know your audience and what you're selling. So maybe you have a new course you're launching, a coaching program, maybe a DIY course, some other service. There are a number of things that you will need for your mise en place. But today we're only going to talk about one of them. And that is voice of customer, commonly referred to as VOC in copywriter jargon. So what the heck is voice of customer and why do you need to understand it? Well, I'm going to tell you two stories to illustrate, both of them from my adventures in physical therapy. If you're on my email list or following me on Instagram, you will know that I had a ski accident the very first time I tried skiing back in February. I tore the meniscus in my left knee and ever since, I've been making weekly and sometimes twice weekly appointments with my physiotherapists. The knee is getting better, thank goodness. But a couple of weeks ago, I was working with a new therapist. And he did two things that I think link back to VOC, so I want to tell you about them. The first was that he mispronounced my name. It's a very common mistake, especially for Americans who don't speak French or another language that has a soft T in it, not a hard T. My name is Jayati. 
and when people ask, I tell them to think of how they say the word bear, like grizzly bear, except to remove the emphasis or to soften the emphasis on the R and rhyme it with J. So instead of bear, it's bear and J. And then simply to add a T with a softer, like the French word they. And when Americans read my name, or sometimes even after they've heard me introduce myself, they'll call me Jayari. <laughs> and I've lived here long enough that it mostly doesn't bother me. But still, it's nice when people ask me how to say my name and it's nice when they make an effort. And not using voice of customer in your copy is kind of like mispronouncing someone's name and not asking them what's the correct way to pronounce it. Second story. Ready? Same physiotherapist. Very nice guy, but, you know, gold mine for these stories. Anyway, he was giving me a set of instructions for how many exercises to do, maybe for my bridges or my clamshells, I can't remember. Now, my previous physiotherapist would always have me do 30 reps, as in three sets of 10, or maybe two sets of 15, but usually three sets of 10. But this physiotherapist just called out to me as he was walking away, 10. So I responded, don't you mean 30? And he said, no, no, not 30, 10. Then he thought about it for a second and then he realized we were saying the same thing in two different ways. So he confirmed, yes, I mean 30 as in three sets of 10. In this story, we were both saying the same number but in two different ways. And if he were a business owner and I was his target audience, if he had just said 10 and kept walking, we would have had a miscommunication. And I would have gone off to find somebody else because I was in the market for 30 reps, not 10 reps. But I didn't know that we were talking about the same number. And if he had interviewed me in this business owner scenario, he would have known to either say three sets of 10 or just 30. And that way, he would have been speaking my language because he would have known how I understood it. Make sense? So voice of customer is really just to say things how your customers would say them. Now, this seems really straightforward on its surface. For us subject matter experts, for those of us who are steeped in the jargon of our industry, so much so that we don't even realize we're using jargon and that civilians outside the industry won't understand these words, for those kinds of business owners, it's really hard to recognize that we speak our own language and that is not necessarily the way that our customers are talking. One of my clients who works with creative teams at retail companies, she didn't realize that she was talking in terms that everyone would not understand. There was a certain subset of her target audience who spoke her language because their job was very similar to her job. So they were all speaking the same jargon. But there was a completely other set of potential customers who didn't speak in terms of efficiencies. And when she talked to them, she realized she had to simplify how she said it and rephrase her brand promise to getting the products on the shelves on time, right? That is a very different language. That is a very different set of words. So what's the best way of getting your own voice of customer? Well, first is to interview your past and potential clients if you have access to them. Record the interviews, take copious notes, underline anything that stands out to you. This part is an art, not a science, and you'll get better at it the more interviews you do. But anytime they say something that puts a different spin on things, anytime they say something differently than how you say it, or conversely, if they use the same language as you, maybe you're on, already on the right track. But anytime that happens, anytime something catches your eye or uh, your ear, 
jot it down. And if you hear similar words or phrases or situations described by multiple people, well, that's confirmation that this is the way your customer speaks. This is your customer's language. I'll give you a real life example. Two years ago, I thought I wanted to release a digital course. I had taken this other digital course about putting out digital courses, how very meta. And I thought that putting a digital course out was the next logical step in my business. So I put together the syllabus, I recorded the videos, researched the platforms, and I released a beta version for feedback. And I had looked at the formula for titles that the teacher had suggested. And from that, this is the title that I came up with, from formal to friendly, colon, how to write like you talk. Now, the subhead was simply the most direct way I could think of to describe the central promise of the course. This was before I had learned about brand positioning and juicy transformations. And the from formal to friendly part was from a formula. Going from where you are now to where you want to be, which is a fine formula. It wasn't the best title though. It wasn't very catchy. It didn't mention business owners at all. But the biggest problem with it, or one of the biggest problems at least, was that it simply wasn't how my target audience was talking about what they wanted. So I had eight people sign up for the course and afterwards I asked to interview everyone who had completed it. And one of the questions I asked them was what was the biggest frustration or challenge you had when you sat down to write? What was the biggest thing in your path? Because that was the thing that I was attempting to solve for. And one of my interviewees said this, and I'll never forget this. She said, the words don't come. When I sit down to write, the words just don't come. Now, this wasn't an earth shattering line. It was very simple. And if you know me, you know that I actually love that. I will take simplicity and clarity over cleverness any day. But I knew that she had articulated it in a way that I had not. Because I had been thinking of what I was offering from my perspective. I will teach you how not to write for formally, to write like a friend, to write like you talk. But this person wasn't thinking of writing like she talked. She was thinking of the words not coming. So from her standpoint, that's what she said. This is what happens when I sit down to write. The words just don't come. And though I took a lot of notes in all the interviews, this is the one that really stuck with me and I decided to go with it. And I almost called the course, the words don't come. But then I decided to flip it and write it as a positive, as a promise of what will happen when you take this course. And that's how the course name evolved into the words will come. And I think there was a subtitle too, but I ended up deciding to scrap the course. It didn't really feel like what I wanted to do. It felt like something I, I felt like I should do. It wasn't sitting right with me. So I scrapped it and I've never looked back. But if I had released it, I would have definitely called it the words will come. Even now, you know, I really like that phrase. I'm, I might still use it at some point. Anyway, for the brief period that I was talking about it and promoting it, people told me that they loved the name, that they connected with it. So that's the power of voice of consumer because the target audience recognize themselves, recognize their challenge and their frustration in that name. And that's why when you do this for yourself, you might want to get the sort of feedback before you launch your course or program. Oh, and if you don't have your own audience yet, you know, no current or past or potential clients you can reach out to, don't worry. Instead, you can try finding clients of your competitors. You make beta jewelry, Ask to speak to somebody who buys beaded jewelry from someone else. About to launch a life coaching business? Ask to speak to somebody who's hired a life coach. 
And even better, really, if it's somebody you you admire, because then that person's clients are closer to your target audience. So hopefully, you'll find a few chatty customers and clients and do these interviews and get a treasure trove of information that you can use for your voice of customer. If you like the show, if you found it valuable, if you enjoy the stories, will you consider leaving it a review in Apple Podcasts or sharing it about it on your social media feed or with a friend who might find it helpful? Word of mouth is the strongest driver of podcast growth and reviews are basically word of mouth from strangers. I would be ever so grateful and you will be helping the show grow. I also have an email list. Uh, I send out emails twice a week, no spam ever, unsubscribe anytime. And my email list does not have seasons, so you'll always get an email from me. No waiting for the next season to start, like with a podcast. The email newsletter is called Chai in my inbox, and in it I share copy tips, writing prompts, funny stories from my life, and examples of marketing in the wild. It's a much more intimate relationship. My readers frequently write me back, and I respond to each and every single one. If you would like to subscribe, go to cuttingchaistories.com slash subscribe. Oh, and when you do, you will get the first module of that digital course I was telling you about. The words will come. I send you the videos from the first module as a free mini course when you subscribe. So that's a nice bonus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Until we meet again next Thursday, get some customer interviews on your calendar.